Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing for the singing of our national anthem. They said Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny. Mid-Atlantic is just one of the many shows which is part of the Agora Podcast Network. Go to agorapodcastnetwork.com to subscribe and listen to one of the great podcasts created by independent podcasters from all around planet Earth. Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the Atlantic from the perspective of the other. Today is a special. We look at the social and political fallout of the devastating and criminal blaze at Grenfell Tower in Notting Hill that has claimed probably around 100 lives. Notting Hill is an area that I love. I have a home there and I've been proud to call it my English home for some 20 years now. Any community is not just a geographic location, but the collection of people, some that just happen to be there and some that have seeked it out. I fell in love with a community of rich and not so rich people with black, white and brown people living together, not without problems, but for the most part aware that they were a part of a community, something very special. I own Notting Hill a lot. Without it, I would not have started my business, myvillage.com. Without it, I wouldn't have even had my children, Noah and Ella, the same kids that both attended Grenfell Nursery on the ground floor of the tower that is now a burnt-out husk, a monument to the fact that the council have systematically run down the stock of social housing for some 30 years. Today, we speak to political activist, writer and Notting Hill sage, Ishmael Blagrove, about where the community, London and the country go from here. By the time I'd got there, the whole left side, right side of the building was on fire. The whole thing was engulfed in flames and you could hear... Hakeem fears he's lost everyone. His mother, father, two brothers and sister. What has happened? Who's missing? My friend and her two little girls. Um, what was the last you heard of her? Um, I just saw her snap. Um, dad say that the, the whole building is burning and then she's saying goodbye to everyone. This is, she's praying in Arabic. Um, she's just, can't really see it because it's, it's all just smoke. Yeah, it's all smoke. But she's taking this Snapchat. What time did she send that to you? Um, At like three o'clock in the morning? Yeah. At three o'clock in the morning, she sent you a Snapchat from the building. Have you been able to get hold of any of the hospitals to see? Not yet. But the paramedic, I met the paramedic first thing and he said, there's no chance that they might have survived, but I'm just hoping to hear anything. 
We repeatedly reported concerns to the tenant management organisation of the Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea, including fire safety concerns, which were not investigated during the regeneration works. Uh, what, what were those concerns? Um, concerns over locations of boilers, turns of, concerns about escape, turns about concerns about um, fire escape lighting. Um, I mean, I just, I've just no, I mean, just, and the list goes on. Even floor, uh, you know, just. And lots of we spoke. To, I've spoke to Nick Paget Brown of the council. Uh, good evening, Nick Paget Brown. Um, when were you last in Grenfell Tower? Um, I went to the opening of the Dale Boxing Club last summer, just after the end of the refurbishment of the tower. We went into a tenant's uh, flat up further up to look at the new kitchen, the new heating system, uh, but by that and the stage, new windows. But by that stage, you were aware of uh, residents' concerns about the refurbishment. Uh, some residents were very concerned uh, about the refurbishment, the whole concept of the refurbishment. Prime Minister, you've come here today to the BBC instead of doing the interview at the site where you just were. Why is that? Well, what I want to talk about today is what the government is making available to the victims of this absolutely horrendous tragedy. I think we were all, when we saw the horrific scenes of what had happened at Grenfell Tower, we all were deeply affected by that. It's absolutely horrifying. And I've been hearing stories today from people about their experiences. But immediately, okay. we need to ensure people have the help they there need. There is a need for the public to hear you say in words of one syllable, something terrible has happened, something has gone badly wrong. It is our fault. We acknowledge that and accept responsibility. This has been, something terrible has happened. This is an absolutely awful fire that took place. People have lost their lives. People have had their homes destroyed. They have fled for their lives with absolutely nothing. That's Do you why accept I'm, that's that why you misread the public mood on this one? You misread the anger that people feel about this. They shouted coward at you this afternoon when you left St Clement's. What I have done since this incident took place is, first of all, yesterday, ensure that the public services had the support that they needed in order to be able to do the job they were doing in the immediate aftermath but of this. But that's three the days reason, on, the reason, Prime Minister. This is Friday evening. They needed those things in place on Wednesday. There were people we spoke to who were housed for one night, didn't know where they'd spend the next night, had no money to spend on food, and were not told anything by anyone. No one was in charge. Any other tragedy, flooding, you would have had the army there, you would have had organisers. I was there on the ground, I saw the chaos for myself. There was no one in charge and there was nobody willing to accept responsibility. Uh, basically, I was basically lying down on the bed with my daughter and my girlfriend. Because I've always been paranoid on that block anyway, every time I'm in there. Like, so I just heard fire, fire, fire and I got up and I told, woke everybody else up and everyone wore the clothes and everything and tried to run out the door. Well, as soon as I opened the door, all I could see was the smoke. So we ran back in. Then I gave like, some towels to my missus to pour around the door and everything. To pour around the door and I started um, passing water from the bathroom so that she could pour in the towel and everything here. Then I went to the window because I was on the 14th floor and I was screaming, help, help, help. I've got a baby in here, rare, rare, rare. And everyone's like, don't worry, they're coming to help you. Just stay in there. They're going to come help you stay in there. So all I could see was, I went around the kitchen and I could see the other side of the kitchen burning. Not, not my part of the kitchen, but from the, from the roof bit burning there. So I started to get a bit more, I don't know, scared. So I grabbed like um, bed sheet and that. I took about 14 bed sheets. 
tied everything together, tied it around the window. And I actually went through the window and I told my girlfriend to pass my daughter. And my daughter wouldn't come because she was so scared of the height. So they had to pull me back in, into the, into the flat. Then I took some, um, a, a cloth, carried my daughter, tied her behind uh, on my back and everything here. Then the fire brigade came and they brought four people into my apartment because they thought like, my apartment was the safest place for them to be on the 14th floor. They, they, they lived on my floor, so they thought that was the safest place for them to be. So once they got in my apartment, then they were trying to stop me as well here yeah, from coming through the window because I was thinking to myself, yeah, there's no way we're going to make it here. Yeah. I could see the thick smoke. One of the men that they, one of the men that brought in my, in my apartment, the smoke on his face was, his face was actually covered with smoke. I just took him in the front room and then I showed this picture earlier. I took him in the front room, I just sat in there. I knew he was going to die anyway because I didn't think he was, was going to have the strength to run in case we had to run or anything. So I just left him there. There was another woman with a little child in my house. My neighbor Zainab, she had um, a little two years old son as well in my house. Then there's these two, I don't know if you heard of the two Syrian refugees. They lived right next door. And um, one of them was sitting on the bed, just reading his Quran. He didn't want to run. So I tied my child now behind my back. And while I'm doing this, I'm still sitting, I'm going next to the middle screaming, oh, I've got two children here. Help, help, 14 floor, 14 floor. Then the fabric came again to the house after they brought the people in the area yeah, and told us to run out yeah because I could see the you know the clouding on the house I could see it dropping from from my window yeah so it was getting a bit scarier so they told us to run out yeah because it was so dark you can't see nothing here yeah. and the first thing that hit is just this massive I can't describe it you have to be in there to feel it this massive smoke like boom through your face and everything here yeah. we managed to find the escape because everyone was dark running down the stairs now my, girl, my girlfriend kept on chopping down the stairs because the floor was slippery and everything here. Yeah. I had my daughter on my back choking like, uh, uh. I thought she was going to die. I thought I was going to die because we were on the 14th floor. I was running down now and I didn't think I was going to make it. I didn't think any of us was going to make it here. Yeah. When we got to the third floor, then we saw like, um, saw this um, fireman down down there because I had my, my daughter tied to my back, to my back here. Yeah. So they grabbed that off me and that's how we ran out here. Yeah. But we, um, when we came out here, yeah, then one of the Syrian guys Came to us, he's like, have you seen my brother? Like, no, we said, no, we haven't seen him. And Zainab with her son as well was in the house. And the, my other neighbor was in the front room here. So none of them made it out here. But we had to just take that chance. Because if we didn't take that chance, we probably wouldn't be here now. Ishmael, first off, um, where were you when you heard that the Grenfell Tower was ablaze? Uh, I was at home. I was in bed. Um, I was awake, but I was in bed. And I received a call about 1.30 in the morning and... Uh, someone said, look, you know, Grenfell Tower's on fire, but I just assumed it was just a fire and the fire services are there to put it out and, you know, you, you know it's just an, a, a fire. Catch the, the news in the morning. And then about four o'clock, I got another call saying, hey, look, man, this this is a serious blaze. It's an inferno. Turned on the news and I saw the, the whole building up in, 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 in flames. Um, at that same time, all the social media was abuzz. Um, with people in the local community posting up images, people who lived across the road, very close to the scene, um, those were p popping up on social media, um, and the community began to mobilise immediately. People recognised the sort of the the scale of of this disaster, and that there were going to be um, scores, if not hundreds, of people and um, dead in this um, in this building. Um, because there were eyewitness accounts on the, on the ground saying how quick it went up, how people couldn't escape the building, how it's only those really from the seventh floor down who managed to get out, knowing that it's 24 floors, you could just imagine and the numbers of people that, that were trapped. People, people were uh, at the windows, you could see the silhouettes, they were talking on their phones in communication with people on the ground. Um, some had, a woman had chucked two babies out, went two young children out of the windows, someone had jumped from the building. You know, that was the sort of scene of chaos that was happening on the scene. Behind uh, the backdrop to that were people people um, then immediately sort of calling around to get the set so the community centers open up 
um, getting clothes donations, uh, coordinating clothes donations. Some, someone had created a blog, a, a, a site whereby you could put up a room if you had space to accommodate um, some of those families who were going to be distressed and distraught and homeless. Um, I put up a room. I took, I took one and I thought, you know, I've got a large property. I thought I'd take merge the children's room into into one room and make one room available and posted that up. But the community really, really um, showed its its metal by coming together, and they came together not as black, white, uh, not, not 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 as all of some of the divided factions that sometimes exist in this community. But they came together as black, white, rich, poor, Muslim, Christian. Everyone just came together and worked and cooperated and operated as just one unit. It was, it was, it, you know, it, it, the the saving grace of this disaster was really just seeing how the community had come together and sort of work and was, you know, it was it was just you know it was just, it was just absolutely beautiful. And I witnessed that again last night. It was just absolutely just. You know, it, it, it's, it moves me, man. It moves me. It moves me. And I think one of the important things to note is that it was um, the, the Muslim community, people who were celebrating Ramadan, who were some of the first people actually to call the alarm and actually to go there and, and to try and help those people. And it's important that we kind of recognise that as uh, Notting Hill residents, that a significant proportion of the community are, are Muslim and um, and that community has taken um, a lot of ire recently in terms of Islamophobia, not just in Britain but throughout the Western world. So it's going to proves you know that um, all ma- all areas of the community are kind of going to come together in this tragedy. Um, Ishmael, just just very quickly, um, why do you think this tragedy has happened? Why is it that a tower block in the most in the most wealthiest part of the United Kingdom? In, in the wealthiest city in the United Kingdom, one of the wealthiest cities in the world, that this tragedy was allowed to happen? I think, you know, certainly we know that working class people have never been represented. It's always been the elite who's dominated um, these the sort of modern Western societies and the working classes are, are rejected and always pushed to the fringes of society. We recognise that. We can see that in anyone reading uh, a Charles Dickens novel who, who so aptly sort of paints a portrait of sort of um, you know, um, 19th century um, Britain um, will know that. Um, but I think the, certainly we've seen the decay uh, or the rapid decline uh, whereby um, corporate and the, the the interests of the elite dominate the agenda, and working class people are further shunted um, into a Dickensian era. Has come about as, as a result of of, of of the anointment of of Tony Blair, uh, when what Blair did with the Labour Party um, was he aligned the ideology of the Labour Party with that virtually of the of the, of the Conservatives. So there was a one party state um, representing the interests of the elite um, against the, the interests of the majority. Um, and and as a result of that, they passed. They they could pass legislations um, that um, limited the rights of uh, that, that so didn't protect the rights of tenants, didn't protect the rights of workers, destroyed uh, unions. So we saw that happening under under Thatcher, with a total dismantlement of social policies which cared for poor, ordinary, grassroots working class people in this community in in in, in, in this country, and and gave them a more sort of representative voice uh, for for the people who occupy this country sort of narrowed down with to whereby that just the interests of uh, of the rich and the wealthy and those corporations took over um so it became cold um greed and selfishness and narcissism narcissism um began to penetrate the society we've seen that um in terms certainly in popular culture whereby celebrities uh, have become the new gods whereby footballers and um and uh, 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 and sports 
um, personalities are, are paid astronomical and exorbitant amounts of money. Um, a footballer can earn 200000 £250,000 a week. And I think we have to question within this society which we live in um, that how much would it have cost to put a sprinkler system in there? 100000 200000 It would have virtually cost the salary of uh, the weekly salary, in one week's salary for a premiership footballer. Um, when we're living in that type of society whereby questioning that then you are seen as almost some Marxist, Leninist, Trotskyite um, demanding equality and you are seen as the bad guy um, as opposed to those who sort of um, promote this type of um, society and this type of culture. It is a culture. You know, it's, it's a culture. So even poor working class people buy into it um, and, 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 and believe that certainly by purchasing their own home that they're now on an upward step towards this you mean, plateau of you know what I mean of the of the elite? It's it, it, it's bizarre that it's been allowed to happen. I just think it's capitalism, unbridled capitalism, um, and I think this is a challenge that's not just happening here, but it's happening across the world. With globalization, we we we, we see it um, very very evident. Monopolizations, corporate takeovers, workers' rights being sort of trampled upon, um, the environmental rights put down um, simply because it, corporations can make money from um, natural habitats in people's homes. It's it's. That's that's the state of affairs where we are now, and, and that's the backdrop again to what's happening at Grenfell Towers. The local count, local council, local government passing policies, micro policies based upon what's going on in in broader government um, that disenfranchises, marginalises, and and um, disempowers um, ordinary working class people. Last Thursday, Thursday before last, sorry, uh, we saw the the constituency which Nottingham is part of, Kensington. Um, elect a Labour MP for the first time in definitely living memory in the in the person of Emma Dent Code, and she has a really strong record of campaigning against gentrification, which has definitely been one of the burning issues in Notting Hill for the last thirty years. Could you tell us some of the local local action groups which have really been fighting, dare I say, the good fight for local working class people? There are so many in this community. There have been so many different issues, and we've seen this certainly over the last sort of decade, whereby there was a mounting concern um, and anger and frustration as to the, the way that this borough was being run, uh, how it was being gentrified, how working class people were being pushed down. Not just working class, but also the middle classes. Those who sort of, the, mid, the middle classes have, have traditionally occupied the sort of antiques section of Portobello Market, which sort of divides it from the sort of fruit and veg store, which then leads up to sort of uh, Goulburn Road. And that element of the market has always been run by the, the sort of white middle class of this country, of, of, of this community. Um, they also were feeling the pressure. So even even then, the gentrification was crossing was cutting across uh, class class lines in some way. But there have been a lot of sort of grassroots campaigns. There was, uh, what we've seen at Grenfield was happening in Warnington, Silchester, uh, Lancaster West. We've got situations in the area whereby the library, the local library, which is still in Portobello on Labrick Grove for over 125 years, um, was being sold off. Oh, sorry, was, was was basically being taken, basically being closed down, um, so that they could lease. The building to a private school, which is going to charge thousands of pounds um, for the children to attend. They've done that to an adult education centre on Lancaster Road, uh, closed that down. That's been closed down for a number of years, and, a, and another, another private school has um, gone up there where you see these big four by fours dropping off their children with their straw hats and uh, school satchels. Um, we saw another school closed down whereby they opened up a, a, a members only gym, a homes place. You know, there's a dog's bar at the end of my road. Um, you know, the, the, there's so many um, campaigns that were being networked, um, and that's what I think led to, um, in, 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 to some degree in Emma uh, being elected. People were frustrated and fed up 
um, with being pushed out. And what it demonstrated was that working class voters, uh, working class votes does count, do count in this borough. Um, you, you know, we have a situation whereby it's just a, a case of fact that more affluent people vote as opposed to those of the working classes who just feel oh, the system does, doesn't work or speak speak for them. So there was a mobilization campaign to get those voters out and that seemed to have had some effect. But I don't think that these voters should be lulled into some false sense of victory because I think to a large degree um, part of that victory um, is owed to the fact that uh, a lot of the uh, Tory voters were annoyed or angry with Victoria Barrick and her voting record, one of which was to um, was to take um, uh, Britain out of the EU. So there was a lot of protest votes in that. A lot of people abstained from voting, and that I think the culmination of events, with, upon further analysis, will will tell you that that's what led to Emma's um, successful campaign. So um, let's let's move on to um... and, and, and just a correct just a correction. Mm -hmm. um, it was the first time ever that that, that that Kensington and Chelsea. We're in the royal borough of Kensington and Chelsea, the home of which was the former home of Princess Diana. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's the royal borough, so we have to sort of put that into perspective. There are a lot of rich and wealthy and powerful people in this community, um, and it is th that power that that elite that this borough of Kensington and Chelsea have spoken up for and spoken to. They're their friends. When you go to council meetings, and I attend several council meetings here to, to, that, that concerns um, the, the area. And when you go to these meetings, um, it, it, it's almost segregated seating. It's almost where you have the working class on one side and, and, and the more affluent on the other side. Um, and they know the more affluent by fir on first name terms. You know, um, when, we, when, when they look over at that side, they look at that side with smiles. When they shift their heads to the other side, they look at it with contempt. And when these meetings conclude, the working class shuffle out of the building whilst the others pat each other's on the back and ha 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 ha. Um, you know what I mean? And see you next week at um, uh, at bridge. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's the culture. Um, that has happened, and, and, and it's that frustration that has now been translated and, and, and effectively communicated to the grassroots that they can now see that picture, that they can now become more active, that they can now recognize that their vote counts in this borough, and that's the sort of mobilization that's happening across this country. So tell us about that, that mobilization which culminated in that march down to the town hall, but then also the march down Ladbroke Grove yesterday. Tell us about those, those two incidences and um, the, the kind of the, the pressures and the various different um, kind of organizations which were trying to lead them. I knew, I knew that both meetings were taking place. Um, I made a conscious decision not to attend either of those meetings because I wanted to stay behind and sort of work on the engines. Uh, of this campaign. It's going to be a, a very, very big campaign. Obviously, it's a very, very big and major incident. Um, I, I, I liken it to sort of Britain's Hurricane Katrina, just in the fact that it sort of stripped away the illusion of what the society is and exposed the sort of inequalities that exist. Um, so it's our Hurricane Katrina. So I recognize that there's a big campaign, um, possibly on a scale we've not, never seen before in this country, likened to possibly sort of Hillsborough or that sort of scale disaster. So I want to sort of work on the engines to make sure that we've got the right sort of skill sets parachuted in to sort of mobilize and get um, the campaign running effectively. So I was staying at home to sort of work on the engine. Um, then I saw on the news the, the doors of the town hall being stormed and I thought, no, 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 we can't have that. This cannot be sort of descending to violence and that becomes then the dominant narrative because then we lose the public sympathy. Um, we lose um, our strength because at the moment the community has been defined as this dignified, proud, community working together we don't want to lose the um, um, we don't want to lose that and um, so I got down there um, 
and uh, in the initial stages it was really like um, herding wild buffalo um, people you know just by the sheer body mass and the anger and every chance and and the anger is not seeing you they're not recognizing you uh, do you know what I mean so I had to sort of you know start a small fire and um, just to, to put out a bigger one by becoming a, a radical voice within the, that, that sort of cacophony of, of voices um, to then sort of manage it take leadership of of, of, of of that and steer it over to the steps whereby on the steps we then hosted uh, members of fa family members people who'd lost um, of, uh, families uh, people who'd survived um, the, the, the building people had things to say young voices we didn't just sort of add a, 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 a ad hoc sort of rally on the ste on the steps um, and that sort of pacified um, a lot of the anger um, at, at, at that stage that then I, I then knew we, if we stay there people wouldn't expect something because where does it end so I knew it had to have um, a, a, an end point so the only way to do that was to then steer that back I either had the option of steering it back steering it to Westminster to link up with the other Westminster campaign but that was too far away and to take that through the streets to steer that to herd that um, through the streets would have just been a catastrophe you just don't know what's going to go on along the road along the way you're going through some you know along high street kensington it could descend in send into um into into violence where those images just would not um, translate well um across national television so i steered it back to um to notting hill back to the scene of the crime at the, to the foot of um grenfell towers and and along the way there it sort of you know pockets sort of broke up and had come brief skirmishes with the police police helmets flew um, but they, they, they I must commend the police in terms of the way that they dealt with this they did they didn't make any arrests deliberately just held their held, held their lines pushed back the crowds um, and then we, we, we you know we assisted with that we formed a line between um, the, the, the crowd and the, the, the police steered it back again um, to, to um, Bramley Road and there uh, Emmerdent Coed the MP was uh, she then spoke upon on, on one of the loud um, microphones, um, and that gave the, the the crowd some solace in knowing that their concerns are being heard at parliamentary level. And there was a, there was supposed to be a vigil that was to take place at ten o'clock. We made sure that people stuck around. There was food being served. We said, "Look, get some food, get some drink." You know, um, you know, you've got to sort of contain your voices. The young lions and young lionesses who um, were out to get some meat. Um, just had they had to sate their hunger um, for a couple of nights more, but I don't know how long we're going to be able to sort of contain that. You know, the bottle has been shaken, um, the soda bottle has been shaken. Um, you release a little pressure, and you know what comes out. Um, so every time we see a little something seeping from the edges or spurting from the edges, we try and tighten the cork again. How long we'll be able to maintain that, I have no idea. Um, but certainly, we need some answers. We need some answers quickly. Um, for me, the prime minister's position is untenable. Um, she should do the noble and dignified thing and resign, um, not, not just because of the fallout from the elections, but because of um, the way she's handled and dealt with this situation. We've been talking about communities that feel marginalized, dispossessed and despised, um, treated with disregard and contempt, not heard, not seen and not listened to. Um, and she came and epitomized all of that. She's the high priestess of that culture. So by her turning up on the scene and not visiting any survivors or any residents and, or showing any compassion, um, to, to those people who are the victims of this, I think that sort of underscores perfectly the type of culture that we're fighting against and the level with which it sort of raises within the, rises to within the society. That's unacceptable. We're trying to reshape a new Britain, and there's no place for that in this society. 
we need to also help reshape the lives of people who've lost absolutely everything in Grenfell Tower. Um, tell us about where they are now and um, the local effort actually to help rehouse them, reclothe them and to feed them. It has always been part of the local government agenda to get these people out. They're trying to ethnically and class cleanse the area. So immediately we knew that by them, how they'd want to house them out of the borough. That was the, the immediate demand. The first demand was that these people need to be rehoused, rehoused immediately and rehoused in the borough. Do you mean? So that was the demand. They acquiesced to that immediately, said they would. And then, of course, there have been other logistical challenges in terms of finding places um, for those people. They then said, oh, some people, are, they're going to may have to house some families outside. We said that's non-negotiable. Um, and so they are um, making efforts to um, make sure that these people are rehoused and relocated well, or, or temporarily um, rehoused in the borough, which certainly just adds to the, the housing crisis that we know that is, is effective in this borough. They've depleted the social housing stock in this area so much, doing that we know that the that, that it's not going to be very easy to rehouse that number of people uh, in such a short space of time. It's going to be a challenge for them, um, and they do not have any goodwill um, in terms of providing for these people because they've never had, they've never provided for them before. So now it's just that the heat's turned up. Um, the, com the community are demanding um, resignations, mass resignations from those councillors um, who've overseen this kind of culture. The head of the, 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 um, the leader of the council, uh, Nick Paget brown um, he has to go. His position is also untenable. He also um, has been the bag man. He also is the head of the mafia, the Costa Nostra um, of that council. Um, who has only heard, ever heard and seen the rich and the elite in this society, in this in this community. So he's got to go. He's got to go. There's no place for him. And, 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 you know, I'm tempering my language. I don't normally do that. I mean, I am um, one of revolution, of change, of direct action. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, of the bullet, if the ballot doesn't work. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I don't say that as an ominous warning. I say it as it is. I know the security services know <laughs> who I am, what I deal with. Um, do you know what I mean? Um, I work within certain structures within this within this country, recognizing the democracy that we have. Um, but do you know what I mean? I'm even containing my own anger and frustration for the time being because I know that if I were to sort of step up the language and make it make it much more vitriolic, um, make it much more warlike and belligerent, um, then I know that it would be very difficult to manage, and I and I would have certain responsibilities in terms of what what would happen as a result of that. So I am being responsible in tempering my language and the way I deal with this. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. I mean, I was eight years old, interesting, the same age as the uh, Dragon King's daughter when she comes out of the sea. But um, well, what was happening to me when I was eight years old was that I was at the hands of a paedophile in, um, in a classroom for a year. And... Awesome, yeah. Um, for me... I, well, and I think the reason that I somehow managed to, to win in the end is that for me it's about an economy of the three things that bring a song together. Catch up with me speaking to friends and interesting people every Friday afternoon on Friday 15, which you can get, of course, from a podcatcher of your choice. Hello, I'm Lucy, and this is Walkie Talkie. I walk my dog, Basil, uh, pretty much every day in a foresty bit of London. Um, I have been doing so for about four years, and I meet people that, as a dog walker, you talk to people. Um, If your dogs get on, you tend to just, you say, which way are you going, can I come with you? and you just sort of amble along and you can end up having the most extraordinary conversations. Partly because uh, you are walking side by side and facing front, so there's no embarrassing eye contact. If things get a bit heavy, if someone starts talking about something that they find emotional or difficult, then you can always divert your attention onto the dogs and relieve the tension a little bit. We've seen, as a group of dog walkers, we've seen um, people get pregnant, have children. We've seen people whose dogs have become ill and died and the owner says, oh, I can never have another one. And then in a couple of months time, they appear with a puppy and everyone's delighted to see them. And um, we've seen people's marriages break down, new romances start. It's a lovely way to start your morning. It never fails to give me something something nice to think about, something interesting to think about, even if it's not nice. And having a dog is a sort of a, a universality, really. The people aren't all like me, as I hope you'll realise over the course of the series.
leading up to the 1860 election, in walks a gentleman by the name of Abraham Lincoln, who is the Republican candidate. The Republicans to the South re represent the ending of slavery. And Lincoln, despite the fact that his sentiment was always in the beginning to preserve the Union rather than to abolish slavery, becomes the lightning rod of anti-Southern sentiment. And he ends up winning the election in 1860 with no support from the South. The Guardian, Manchester, Tuesday, November 20th, 1860. Summary of news, foreign. The details respecting the presidential election furnished by the New York journalist, not complete, but they not only assure us of Mr. Lincoln's election, but show that the Republican Party has obtained far more than the requisite number of votes for his return. It is calculated that New York, Pennsylvania, the New England states, New Jersey, and the Northwestern states give him 171 electoral votes, or 19 more than the majority required for the election, the total number of electoral votes being 303. It is not improbable, too, that this majority may be further swelled by the result of the elections in the Pacific states of Oregon and California. We have no account of the manner in which the Southerners have received the intelligence of Mr. Lincoln's election. The next advices will no doubt be filled with fierce Southern declamations and protest, but it is not very likely that any Southern states will do anything mere than talk loudly about succession. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes from Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you think that the council, Kensington and Chelsea, should be taken out of all relief efforts which are being coordinated by central government because of the lack of uh, competence they've shown prior and then during uh, the initial um, ele element of the tragedy. Let me sh let me tell you this: the the Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea Council has not been involved in the aid or rescue efforts. We haven't seen any of these uh, local these councillors, apart from the MP Emma Dent Coed, um, and and certainly Pat Mason and Labour councillors. And they can walk these streets with confidence. And um, there's no confidence in those um, Tory councillors, as soon as one of their names mentions there's someone in the area, they've, they're chased out. Do you know what I mean? Um, you haven't seen them um, offer any support. It's all been really central government's voice because they know they've got no legitimacy um, uh, in, in, in this community. So they haven't been there anyway. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't think that is the right approach. Um, I think at the moment, you know, these are the ones who uh, have all the papers. They know, they're the one, these are the ones who, who, who make those. And you can't parachute someone in to sort of take over the files of the of running of, of the running of a, of a of a local town. It just doesn't work like that. Do you know what I mean that's what happened? That that that's what led to the destruction of Iraq. Do you know what I mean? You got rid of the the administrators and the middle management um, of, of of the society, and that's what led to the implosion of 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 of, um, of, of Iraq. So you know you can't do that. Uh, these people have to sort of work. These people have to sort of work and continue. Um, to sort of uh, uh, um, keep the ship afloat, if you like, and once and 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 once it settles, on, and only once it settles, then these people have to sort of step aside and uh, and vacate their positions and and let those who can do do the job um, take over. 
out of this tragedy, there has to be something positive that happens. We need more social housing, quality social housing. We need more affordable housing. Do you think that this this strategy will actually spur that movement now in the UK? We have a homeless problem. We have uh, people squeezed. So even if they're wanting to buy their own home, they can't. People can't even um, afford to live close to where they work because I mean, it's definitely in, in central London anyway, zones one, two, three, four in London, they're pre- it's prohibitively expensive even to rent. Do you think that out of this, we can actually get some government policy which will actually create good, affordable social housing which will help to um, re-engineer our cities again. I don't think you. I, I don't think you can put demands at the feet of the per- very, very institutions and individuals who, are, who, who have caused this situation in the first place. And neither can we sort of create a wish list, um, as you almost put it out of. Will, will we make more social housing stock av- available? Will we make this. That, that doesn't. That it can't. Doesn't work like that. The, the, the housing stock isn't there. So they're talking about expanding green belts to build new properties. That's the issues. As to whether they were going to be turned over to social housing or not, that was the challenge. Um, this government, there is no confidence in this government to provide that. They don't have the will um, to provide that, that. The only way that that is going to come about is by a change of government. We've had these pledges um, as part of the manifesto um, of, 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 um, of Jeremy Corbyn. So the only way that that is ever going to be a reality is by the, a change of government. And so when we talk about housing, you know, um, you know, um, making more social housing or making those sort of available, the stock just isn't there. The stock is already in the hands of private holders. Let's look at the challenges and, and, and deal with the reality. You know, so it has to be about um, uh, new rebuilds and stuff. It has to be about holding those people who, who hold stock in London, the wealthy elite um, who, who have the second and third homes who don't live here, living abroad. It is about making those homes available and, and open and put on the market in some way. Um, do you know what I mean? It is about regulating those sort of policies. That, so those sort of policies don't just affect London. They affect other more remote areas like Devon and Cornwall. Do you know what I mean? Where people, where by now we have this wealthy elite from London who've made, who've done good, made money, and bought second homes somewhere else. And that sort of is the culture that has to change. You know, it's not policy that has to change. It's the culture and that culture of greed, that culture where whereby enough is is never enough has got to stop. You know, people have to recognise their limits. Formerly in the day, people bought homes and lived in those their homes and 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 raised children in their homes and died in those homes. They were that's what they were homes. Now they are just houses or apartments um, where, where people live or or investments properties must no longer be seen as investments they must be seen as homes ishmael Baggrove, just before we end up could you tell people if they still want to help and contribute we've got listeners all throughout the globe here in america as well as in the uk how they can do that and where they should maybe uh, direct their efforts to I think there's been an outpouring of of, of, of support and empathy uh, from across the world, and that's um, been so commendable. It's, it's been just beautiful to, to 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 see and witness on the ground. At the moment, I don't think there's any more in in order. Um, just that those sort of aid groups on the ground, which are community based, which haven't got any experience in terms of dealing with these sort of emergency situations, they need to sort of organise a, a bit better, structure themselves a bit better. So we don't need any more people. So 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 we don't need any more people coming down. Um, we don't need any more clothes, no any more food. People have been um, absolutely amazing. It's, it, 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 it just demonstrates the type of humanity that we can 
that we that we can have that we can show do you know what i mean and we need to sort of maintain this momentum outside of uh, of what has happened it's brought the community together it's it, it, it it's erased those sort of class race lines rich poor black white muslim christian you know yesterday night i saw i was up by the um by the vigil and it was just so moving to see um all these people out from other areas just con the streets congested it it, you know, it, I don't wish to sort of say it, but it, it almost had this sort of carnival flavor to it. As you're, move, as you're moving through the streets, there's pockets of people congregated. I saw some Muslim sisters wearing all black and they up skipping down the road. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of brought, you know, and why I say that is because there was this sort of sense of ownership, this sort of sense of belonging, this sense, you know what I'm saying? All of those little subtle things that we just don't see um, generally day to day. So that scene was, was, was absolutely amazing, absolutely beautiful. If we can maintain that momentum, that should be the lasting legacy for those victims who have died. And it shouldn't just pan out across Notting Hill. That should pan out across the country where we start seeing each other. We start respecting each other. And we start, we start trying to work out the dynamics of a society whereby those who wish to aspire, who wish, you know what I mean, um, can do so. Those Because you need to encourage competition. You need to encourage that sense of that entrepreneurial spirit. How can that best benefit the, the society in, in its entirety? Or how can there be a, a better distribution um, of wealth from the proceeds of uh, these entrepreneurs? Their inventions and creations and, and their contributions should not be seen as ways to pers personally profit and to make billions. There should be a limit to what you can do. You know what I mean? The, we need to start promoting the, that culture, that change in culture as to, how, as to the distribution of wealth across this country and across the world, quite frankly. Ismail Blackgrove, thank you for coming on to Mid-Atlantic and sharing your thoughts and your insights on the terrible tragedy that is the Grenfell Tower. Awesome. Thank you, Rachel. Listen, man, you're an inspiration and it's good that nothing has people like you on the ground always holding power to account. Awesome. Thanks very much, Rachel. Take care. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Everyone and everything using this video is to raise awareness for the fire at Grenfell Tower to help all the victims, yeah? So we got Wax, we got Caleb and we got GRM for helping me make this one. making it out but you lost your kid or on the flip side imagine a young child who can't find their parents now they're saying it's a foster thing what i'm feeling is more the empathy my soul hurts i swear it gets to me life's short you could be next to grief that's why you gotta thank god for every breath you breathe that's why you gotta thank god for every step you take other day outside the estate now it's in a state some people say it's fate but it's from mistakes 2017 in this day and age put plastic on the blocks that they can't catch flames no wonder why there's people there displaying rage People complain fam it's on the page But they don't want to pay a couple hundred K Just to put a sprinkler system Why you think there's no faith in the system? Bun them, move with my brothers and my sister We all stay close, we don't need any distance We got everyone that's donating Instead of sitting in your home hating It's mad how the worst of occasions Bring us all together and it unifies the nation 
Imagine all the family's frustration Identifying bodies at the station May God brought their hearts with the patience And the better day will come, I'm just waiting No, it ain't easy to move forward So we gotta come together even if it feels awkward Every religion, every race, every gender, every age Working hand in hand cause it is the only way Even at the worst of times you gotta have faith And thank God that your family's safe For everyone in Grenfell I pray And inshallah everything will be okay Count your blessings if we wasn't in that tower Fire for over 24 hours We can wear the hell's the rain, where are the showers? We got the firemen, they're opposite of cowards Community, the people power Run the government, this city's ours People who died and lost their homes, it, this happened to them because they are poor. We are in one of the richest spaces, not just in London, but in the world. Repeated requests are ignored. There is nowhere that rich people live in a building without adequate fire safety. Everyone I spoke to who was out there couldn't hear alarms. There was no sprinkler system. There was no alarms. But right. what's so curious no is that eight million pounds has been spent refurbishing. Yeah, because uh, it was an eyesore for the rich people that live opposite. There were so they no put alarms. they put panels, pretty panels on the outside, so the rich people opposite wouldn't have to look at horrendous. That's stamps.com. Code program.